Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I am going to be talking with Claudia Pomeris about what research tells us about brain regeneration. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, doctors Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology, and they treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, and headaches. For more information and a free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post. Thrive Global, and The Goodman Project, and I am author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I am editor-in-chief of The Brain Health Magazine, and you can get your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast series at facesoftbi.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And don't forget to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Claudia Palmeras, and she has worked in hospitals, daycares, and educational settings in France, Canada, and the U.S. for over 30 years. Her university studies led her to develop an expertise in sensory stimulation and its impact on brain development. She has developed a unique program designed to prompt brain regeneration and the rebalancing of neurotransmitters that has benefited hundreds of individuals. She currently oversees the sensory enrichment therapy protocol at Mendability. So, Claudia, welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you here today. I'm so happy that uh, you have me. Thank you so much for the work you do, and uh, I'm really, really happy to be here. Oh, well, thank you. Well, Claudia, I'm real excited to talk about brain regeneration today. Um, You know, I think a common term people hear is neuroplasticity, Um, and so I'm really excited to jump into this topic. But first, I would really love for you to share with our listeners how you came to work in this brain injury realm? Well, I had experiences from a very young age. Uh, when I was um, a toddler, I lost my favorite aunt who had an accident, ha- suffered TBI, and she never woke up uh, from the coma. Then several members of my family had some form of brain damage um, very closely, my mother, my brother, my sister, and um, I suffered from also an, an injury. I was run over by a concrete truck uh, about 35 years ago. Wow. And, uh, 
Yeah, and and then my daughter. Uh, I was already involved in uh, brain uh, plasticity work. So when she had her concussion, and then it ended up as being a brain injury with memory loss, uh, this just comforted me in, in what I was doing. So yes, I'm very personally uh, involved, and uh, everything I've read was to warm my heart and my mind that we could do something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I feel like the vast majority of people that work in this world have some sort of personal connection to it. And, you know, that's what, what draws them to it and keeps them going. So very grateful for people like you doing this important research. Um, so, Claudia, let's kind of talk, let's jump into brain regeneration. And maybe the first thing that we should do is just kind of talk about what does that mean? What does that mean to you? Well, the, I would say the first word that is not scientific at all that comes to my mind when we talk about the brain uh, regeneration is hope. Uh, every time I meet a family who is heartbroken because uh, a baby suffered a brain injury uh, at birth or uh, anybody I meet, I feel hopeful for them. And uh, mm-hmm. so that is also giving me a sense of duty because so much is known. But when I meet people who suffered TBI, I have the feeling they have not been told about what no. could still happen. And uh, in fact, I remember when I had my own accident or when my daughter, um, we were uh, given, put cast and stitches, like everything that was broken was helped. But for uh, the brain injury, the recommendation was rest. And that's yep. <laughs> way not enough. So um, that's um, the first word, right, that uh, comes to me. Now, um, it's also about learning, learning more constantly. Uh, I can say about every week, a new publication is giving us indication, presentation, this is how to do it. And so far, there is over 45,000 peer-reviewed articles in journal that are a little bit obscure, that not very public, but that say that the brain can repair. It has the elements, the component to build new cells when they are destroyed and uh, reboot uh, the biochemistry. So that's my word, hope, and followed by learning. Yeah, yeah. And gosh, you know, you just, you, you already covered so much. It's like, wow, we, where do we go from here? Um, you know, one thing you mentioned was that so many people with a TBI have no idea. Like, I know for myself, I had never heard of a traumatic brain injury. I knew what a concussion was, or so I thought, you know, um, and we uh-huh. had kind of been led to believe that you'll be better in a few weeks after a concussion. And, uh-huh. you know, I think that's the disheartening part for so many people is they're told they should feel better in four to six weeks and then they're not. And yeah. that starts a whole spiral of despair, right? Like it's the opposite uh-huh. of hope. <laughs> um, yes. And, <laughs> and so that's, you know, that's why I do what I do um, to get resources out there to people. But um, you know, what, 
what is one thing you wish you had known? What, like, what do you wish you had known when you first were injured, you know, before you were doing all of this research? Well, in fact, I was lucky, I could say, because I, I was injured after 15 years already of studies in university and implementation. So I just got on it myself. I started the protocol that would help with rebuilding cells, with uh, rebuilding my memory, and it did not involve a few things. Uh, maybe I'll mention that later, what, what people are asked to do uh, that don't really help. But uh, I want to, whenever I speak about brain repair and it's often to people, families who never heard of it. And yeah. um, you are told, for example, if you break your leg, okay, do not worry. In six weeks, you'll walk again. Yeah. And yep. nobody mm -hmm. thinks ever, okay, I'm never going to walk. I broke my leg. It's the end of it. We all feel, <laughs> okay, that's fine. We're going to get a cost. We're going to get some screws. And in six weeks, I'll walk. And we do. And if you cut your your skin, your cooking, and you bleed, you don't again say, oh, I'm done, I'm going to die, I'm going to bleed to death <laughs> on the floor of the kitchen. We just don't. We well, just you could. Go rush. <laughs> yeah, you could, but if we, we have a little bit of medical knowledge, we go to the pharmacy, we put a Band-Aid, and we wait. And we are not surprised at all when we take out the Band-Aid and, oh, it's fixed. So why would we feel, uh, what is the justification to think that uh, you have a brain injury, it's going to stay forever, sorry. Like, that, it does not make sense on a logical mm -hmm. uh, point of view, and it doesn't make sense scientifically. The brain has exactly the same uh, process of repair as the skin, the liver, the bones. So... It needs, I would say, exactly the same little bit of help, like the cast on the bone does not fix the bone. The bone is in there, stable, and the stem cells of the bone is rebuilding. Same for the skin. The stem cells of the skin will just go at it and repair. So what do we have in the brain that is going to do the job? Well, we have uh, two containers in our brain full of baby cells full of stem cells that just are waiting there and say, okay, get me out. I'll do the work. A lot of those do uh, come out and start the work. Thankfully, the, the nature of an injury is to promote uh, a protocol, a process of repair, but it doesn't fix everything. And this is what you're saying. Uh, yes, you can walk and you can still drive your car, but you may forget where you're going when you're in your car. There are things that still need work, and that's where neuroplasticity and sensory enrichment come into place. It's sort of the, mm -hmm. the band-aid or the cost that will help the brain do the job so that we can mm -hmm. finish it up and uh, get ready. So it's so beautiful to imagine, to imagine that you can be exactly the same person after a while as you were before the injury, and you will be more experienced. <laughs> you will probably still have some headaches, well, leftovers, but uh, you can hope to catch up and grow back your abilities. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You can hope to catch up and rebuild. Um, yeah. So, Claudia, what are some of the things that you're working on um, to help people rebuild that plasticity and get back to who they were? Mm-hmm. Well, when I was mentioning earlier that more than 45,000 articles, this is my field. This is where I sit and learn what has been discovered, then pull it out and apply it to people. That was the big um, sort of revolution that we did was to say, okay, we have um, decades of knowledge on the animal model. We can make the rats smarter. We can fix every possible injury. And I'm exaggerating, but they have... um, use environmental enrichment with uh, the animal model. They gave them this uh, very fun uh, program in early life, and then they caused TBI to them. And they found that those animals that had been enriched prior to the accident were resistant to uh, the assault. They tried all kinds of injury to the brain, they poisoned, and they did all kinds of things. So environmental enrichment was uh, preparing and making their brain stronger. So then they decided, okay, we're going to see what it does. If we simply do that, then observe. So the animals were in those very fun cages with lots of friends and the different color of food and all kind of very interesting things, and they grew up that way. Then what they did is they uh, basically sacrificed the animals and compared how did the uh, enriched brain look like? What was the difference? Was there a difference? And they compared that to the rat having a typical life, and they found that the brains were bigger they were heavier, they had way more connections, and they had all the blood flow, all the support system followed up. Like it was not just growing a little piece of brain there and it was uh, disorganized. Their brains were more efficient, were, uh, and as I said, more resistant. So taking that, I would take one of the examples of the things they did, which is soft touch. There is a wonderful researcher in uh, uh, McGill University who discovered that uh, if you raised a um, pup's rat from a mom in three groups, you leave the little baby rats with their mom and she licks them to make them happy. And then you have another group that you uh, caress, that uh, you had, they created a little brush that really mimicked the tongue of the mom and it would just lick those babies several times a day. And then the third group received all the food, all the water, everything they needed, but no uh, contact. And what happened is when they compared the brains again, the ones that had been licked artificially or by mom had more of this wonderful messenger of the brain, which is called serotonin. And serotonin, we so need it uh, in our daily life. It is in charge of sleep, learning, uh, feeding, um, dealing with stress, translating the environment for us. So we need always more. And every time there is a huge trauma, we lose some of it. So we know light touch, 
uh, to a person is going to prompt the brain to produce more serotonin. And that is something that medication can mimic, but sometimes, unfortunately, medication will come with a side effect. So uh, what I would tell the individual, and if you were in my office, you would see a back scratcher near my computer, is to just give yourself or give the person who needs it a light back touch or, um, you know, brushing the hair of the person you like or whatever is pleasurable in the sense of tactile. And we all know that a soft massage in a spa treatment makes us feel wonderful. Well, all those here who are listening and had a massage know that you have increased your serotonin production during that beautiful experience. The second thing that we know from uh, research is that beautiful smells, like um, a smell of orange, a smell of lavender, any, any smell that makes you feel good is going to prompt your brain to produce more dopamine. And dopamine is control of movement, memory, this is one that I like very much, and motivation, good mood. So if we we can mimic the feeling of having more in the morning when you're a little bit, okay, I need some support. I'm going to have a big bowl of coffee <laughs> and that gives you the little boost. Well, dopamine is doing that for you all day and you can make it happen simply by inhaling a beautiful scent. So we combine, I have combined the two for uh, the people I work with. I tell them, okay, you pick a beautiful scent and you do this gentle light touch on the back and you have a booster for the brain for serotonin and dopamine. But we also have uh, fun exercises that we know, and as I described one to you, you could imagine that the brain has to change for that to happen. And we call it the two by four walk, no vision. So I would have people uh, walk on a beam. Um, so far, it's not already difficult, but then I put, I asked them to wear a blindfold and carry, uh, uh-huh, yeah, I can see you imagining yourself trying to do that. <laughs> I'd be falling off. <laughs> And so, and then, oh, it's, it's, it's getting worse. I will have people carry a pillow on top of their head. So what I'm doing right there, I'm creating something that's impossible. And as you stand, eyes closed, or a blindfold, and holding your pillow above your head, there's no way your brain will let you walk. So... You are going to try, and this is really what I'm always telling the families or the adults I work with is, I know you can't do it, and this is why I give it to you. You're going to try, and the beautiful thing about our brain is that it starts to work before we, in fact, do it. By thinking that you're going to do it, your brain is going to start a process because you're going to do it every day and you're going to, well, you're going to try to do it every day for two weeks. And that period of time is the time it takes for the brain to build new connections and your brain will obey you. The first day it will tell you you're okay. You're crazy. Don't even start. And then the second day, Oh, we're really doing it. So, 
on day four, maybe you touch it with your toes. And then on day five, you put your foot. Like we go extremely slowly to give the time to the brain to build new connections. And why are we holding a pillow? Because we, I also removed your balance by not allowing you to put your arms on your side as anyone would do. And so this impossible exercise is going to populate uh, specific areas of your brain. The mental image, definitely memory, the sense of touch, meaning more serotonin. And at the end of the two weeks, you have a, a brand new population of neurons. So that's the kind of things that I would give people that, to change their brain. But the way I do it is I adapt it. Like not everybody has an injury at the same place, a difficulty in the same manner. So I right. sometimes create exercises specifically for that person. So whatever the age, it works for that person. And it is some fun because if you have to do something for hours, in the end, that's very boring. Um, our exercises last two minutes, five minutes. So when you have done uh, neuroplasticity exercises for 10 minutes, you're done. Like you've done exactly what you need and your brain is different. How about yeah, you I, try like right now? <laughs> and I think, you know, that's, you know, in dealing with recovery in functional neurology, it is, it's a lot of very targeted exercises for very short time, like two to five minutes, mm -hmm. but you do them yeah. several times a day. Right. And it's, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel nearly as overwhelming as having to do an exercise for 30 or 60 minutes. Um, that can Absolutely. be very daunting to someone, especially yeah. after a brain injury. Yeah. Um, so I'm really yeah. loving that concept. And uh, pleasure is a very, very big part of what we do. Uh, I will always tell people, listen to symphonic music. It doesn't need to be classical, but music uh, also has been studied. What is the benefit of listening to music? Well, we know it is relaxing. So we already know it is increasing serotonin production and dopamine. So we have little slideshows on YouTube, uh, Mendability Music, where we have beautiful pieces of art over um, wonderful symphonic music. Four minutes, you're sitting in your reclining chair, and you've, after the four minutes, your exercises are done. Your dopamine and your serotonin are higher already. So there are little things that you do during the day we tell you why they're going to be helpful, but they are not, like you said, overwhelming. You can do them at home. You do not need equipment. There is very little training. We have little videos that show you how to do, um, because when you read uh, a two-by-four with no vision, you get worried, so you need to see the <laughs> video of it. <laughs> and... Uh, so it is a little bit of fun. It's not boring, and it's not taking your day. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the exercises you can do 
during things that you're already doing anyways. Um, like one exercise where we combine all the senses around feeding, uh, you're taking your breakfast, okay, why don't you smell your orange juice and you manipulate the orange and there are things that are already there for you. So if you use them in an organized manner, that will help your brain uh, improve and grow the connections that have uh, been lost. And there is a, an incredible other principle in neuroplasticity, neurogenesis, is that if you have let's say too many very good cells in one area of your brain, uh, then uh, the brain is going to migrate them. It is going to uh, put them where they're needed. So sometimes it's hard to um, give an exercise to a person for whom it's difficult for all kinds of reasons. So we're going to work on another area of the brain that is competent, that doesn't need help, uh, for any reason, and sort of overpopulate, m putting more uh, connection in that brain area by doing specific exercises. And the brain, always in the process of repair, will migrate the new cells. If they're not needed there, he will send it over there. Um, I should say it. <laughs> Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And that's so fascinating. Um, you know, our brain is equipped to heal itself. We just have to give it what it needs, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so with your program, how how long is it? Like, is it a week? Is it a month? How, how long do you have people go through this program? Well, um, everybody is different, right? We... I have worked with a baby with a brain injury who was flat on his back. We worked very seriously. He could not fl flop around back on his tummy. He could not. And so we worked. I gave specific exercises, helping with uh, the muscle building and uh, uh, every sensory field to help him. And when he was um, – we started, he was 10 months when he was um, – uh, maybe 10 months later, he was walking. Walking, pushing his walker, but vertical. So yeah. maybe this child will need six more months of uh, tailored exercises. But when we're done, we're done. And it depends on the injury, but it mainly depends on the commitment. If you really do it twice a day, and you don't really need to do it more than that for the 10 minutes, um, you get results extremely quickly. This is what is very exciting for people who start is uh, uh, sometimes they have tried so many things that did not help. So uh, finding in two weeks that, wow, I sleep better or uh, I do feel more comfortable remembering my friend's phone numbers. So this very quick improvement is um very exciting for us and for people. So we have, in fact, after a number of years, run several uh, clinical studies to measure scientifically the change, uh, how and how much. Um, 
for some reason, we picked a population of children with autism because they show very specific neurological disorders that really match a lot of other conditions. And it was easy to gather parents who were ready to try something for six months. And the results were beyond what even ourselves were hoping. Uh, 21% of the children after six months, lost the diagnosis of classic autism. They were not uh, as their peers, right? But they did not have all the suffering that comes with harsh sensory processing that makes them miserable. They could learn, they could go to school mainstream. Uh, the, and one thing that is very important for pe people with TBI, the kids got an average of 10 points IQ on top of what they had. And the average loss of IQ with TBI is around 14 points. So getting back 10 of those points is completely changing your daily life. So those studies have shown us uh, the benefits, the, the value of tailoring, and of doing simply every day. Um, the, these studies are available to, to the public reading, and, and that we're really happy that you don't have to get a subscription to the journal to read them. And um, if you go environmental enrichment, new treatment uh, on Google, you'll find those studies. One of the studies it checked a thousand people who did uh, sensory enrichment with mentability, and we found that it's there is no difference if it's a young or a, an older person. I worked with seniors myself, or it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman or whichever the condition. All exposed to sensory enrichment had the same path of improvement. So that for us is very, very exciting. And uh, we, we are strongly anchored in uh, researching more. Um, finding how much it helps everyone that we meet, right? Yeah, that's that's so fantastic. I I love hearing, you know, it's a relatively simple approach, right? Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's not anything complicated. Um, and I think that people listening are going to be very intrigued. Um, and your website to find more information is mendability.com. And I uh -huh. have that in the show notes. And, um, you know, is, is there anywhere else you would like them to find you? Well, um, they can, there is a phone number and they can call to speak to one of us and get a personal opinion on their own situation. Um, I, I don't want to be done sharing every, all my excitement without speaking about our very, very um, important project for us, which would be to uh, demonstrate with people with TBI how fast and how much they can recover. So hopefully one of the people who are listening to you uh, today and in the future will feel that, well, uh, there is interest in showing that people with TBI can recover uh, as much as they deserve to. So that's one way to get to us is the scientific lines uh, and 
we we are available constantly to speak with people. Wonderful. Well, Claudie, thank you so much for being here today. This was a wonderful conversation, and I really appreciate you taking the time to share with our listeners. Uh, I am so grateful you gave me that opportunity. It's so important for me, and I definitely want to work with people with DBI. I need them to hear me and come over, get the help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's what's so important is just getting the information out to people because, I mean, you know, I never had heard of you guys. Right. So the vast majority probably haven't either. Um, So I'm so grateful that we got you here today and getting your message out there. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast with Claudia Palmeris. And again, you can find them online at mendability.com. And that link is in the show notes if you need to find it. And just another big thank you to our sponsor, integratedbraincenters.com. Go ahead and find them online and schedule a free consultation. Again, you can find previous podcasts on most streaming platforms or at facesoftbi.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And also don't forget to join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll see you in the next episode.